Welcome to the ASHP official podcast, your guide to issues related to medication use, public health, and the profession of pharmacy. Thank you for joining us for this Wellbeing Wednesday podcast. This podcast is a forum where you can listen in as members share successful strategies on well-being and resilience in their personal and professional lives. My name is Anna Legger-Dupp. I will be your host today for the ASHP Wellbeing Wednesday podcast. I'm joined by my colleague, Bailey Larson, who is the Strategic Initiatives Associate at ASHP and a fellow ASHP staff liaison to the National Academy of Medicine Action Collaborative on Clinician Wellbeing and Resilience, which we're gonna be talking about today. Our guest today is Dr. Ingrid Herrera Yee. She's a senior program officer with the National Academy of Medicine and director of the NAM Action Collaborative on Clinician Wellbeing and Resilience. Ingrid's course of education is quite impressive and includes a bachelor's degree in psychology from the University of Massachusetts Dartmouth, a master's degree in counseling psychology from Boston College, and a doctorate in clinical psychology from the University of Vermont, followed by a clinical fellow completion in clinical psychology from Harvard University. She's here to talk with us today about next steps in work with the NAM Action Collaborative on Clinician Wellbeing Resilience. And I like to give a quick overview of our engagement with Action Collaborative before we start some of these discussions, just to remind listeners of the path that we have been on the last number of years. And even backing up further than that, we've known about burnout in the hospital and health system pharmacy workforce for decades now. In fact, looking back in the files within the American Journal of Health System Pharmacists, early as 1982, we had our first publication related to hospital pharmacy burnout. But it's really been in the last number of years, the last few years, we've had a real laser focus on promoting well-being and resilience within the pharmacy workforce and within our membership and to support the rest of the healthcare workforce to make sure that we're providing safe and effective patient care. In 2017, we revised our strategic plan to incorporate goals and objectives for supporting well-being and resilience within the pharmacy workforce. And then we also joined the National Academy of Medicine, this action collaborative that we're going to be talking about today. We joined as a formal sponsor in 2017, and we've been engaged in the action collaborative since then. And we think about the work in parallel but intersecting tracks. ASHP staff contributes to the work of the Action Collaborative and then our engagement in the Action Collaborative helps to inform the development of programming and resources and communications with our members. And and so the two really go hand in hand as we try to advance solutions to help the healthcare workforce. And I like to remind people, not everyone remembers this, but the National Academy of Medicine is part of the National Academy of Sciences, which was formed in 1863 at the height of the Civil War, which is just amazing to think about, when a group of scientists and leaders knew that our country needed a body to make important research decisions for our country. From that, the National Academy of Medicine, or earlier, many people probably remember than was the Institute of Medicine, and then in 2015 was when the name was changed to the National Academy of Medicine. So the work that comes out of the National Academy of Sciences and the National Academy of Medicine drives a lot of change in our country, and it's important to be mindful and appreciative of that. 
We're here today to talk about the continued work of the NAM because we're rounding into what we're considering sort of a phase three, our sixth year going on of six years of work in this area. And this work kicked off this past summer. There's new working groups that ASHP is engaged in. Those working groups, there's three of them. There's one on a national strategy for clinician well-being. There's one for implementing tools to improve clinician well-being and navigating the impacts of COVID-19 on clinician well-being. COVID-19 really threw quite a wrench in the work that we had been doing for several years before that. So with that, welcome, Ingrid, to this podcast. Thank you so much for your time. Before we get started, can you explain your role with the NAM and explain the roles of the colleagues that you work with? Sure. Thank you so much for having me, first of all. I truly appreciate this opportunity to connect with ASHP. And both of you have been actively engaged in a lot of our efforts at NAM through the years. So when you invited me, I just felt like it's so important for me to speak with you and all of those representing pharmacy, because it's such an important group and such a big part of the work that we do. So I'm really happy to be here. In my role as a director of this collaborative and the work of my staff, really our role is to assist our co-chairs, our steering committee, and our working groups to ensure that their strategic vision comes to fruition. A lot of it is on the practical side. So we assist with their convenings, with meetings. We provide technical support, expert support. We also assist with the greater vision. So, you know, we add to that strategic vision based on our own areas of expertise and interest. We support the writing of their perspective papers with research, with the Knowledge Hub, with, you know, outreach to all of our membership but most importantly, you know, we are a small group, so that the core staff is three of us. But the important thing here is that, you know, we are truly passionate about clinician well-being, and it shows, you know, we feel very, very fortunate to be involved in this work. And, you know, the way we say it is that, you know, we are small, but we're mighty. So we love what we do. And, you know, we just, we make sure that we are reaching our clinicians in order to support their well-being. So that's really, you know, our role and what we do. Thank you, Ingrid. This is Bailey. I couldn't agree with you more. And the passion of your group definitely shows through. Can you remind our listeners about what stakeholders are engaged in this action collaborative as we talk about some of the next steps? Absolutely. I'm happy to. We're fortunate. We have a variety of stakeholders involved. This includes not only those who are part of our membership but over 200 network organizations that support our work. So apart from those network organizations, we have representation from medicine, nursing, pharmacy, dentistry, PAs, physical therapy, professional societies, the allied health, professional membership organizations, government agencies, nonprofits, health IT vendors, large healthcare centers, small healthcare centers, community healthcare centers, rural payers, researchers, trainees, early career professionals, and of course, the ever important patient and consumer perspectives. So organizations that represent them. So really the myriad, I'm sure I've forgotten someone. It's basically <laughs> anyone who touches this space with healthcare, they're likely to be part of this group. And pharmacy here, as was stated earlier, is really vital to our team because like dentistry and others, 
they are often either not at the table or or not as fully represented. So we wanted to make sure, particularly this year, that's all about action, that you know, pharmacy, allied health, and others are fully represented and supported. So when we talk about when I talk about big like healthcare providers, I'm not just talking about physicians and nurses, but all of the other professionals that I mentioned, including pharmacy. Thanks for explaining it that way. And you're right, it's a big group of stakeholders and your your team of three, small and mighty, like you said, you do a lot to make sure that the work gets done and then amplified into the right people. And your comment on the stakeholder group makes you reflect on the nice thing about the Action Collaborative is that the patient has always been at the center. I mean, the, the reason why this was amplified to the level of the NAM was because they were starting to see an impact on patient care as a result of healthcare clinician burnout. And so I think immediately, as soon as we had that commitment that this is a patient-centered group, then you do, you think about everything that touches the patient and all those perspectives have to be at the table. So, but it does mean a lot of, a lot of corralling for your team in order to make sure that that collective energy gets all in the right direction. As we think about the last four years of the Action Collaborative and look ahead to the next two, can you reflect on some of the impact of the Action Collaborative since it was initially kicked off in 2017? Sure. I'm newer to the Collaborative, but I know that my predecessors and, you know, obviously our co-chairs and and our steering committees, as they've rolled in and out, our membership, there's been such an impact Before 2017, it was out there in the research, but it really wasn't out there front of mind for clinicians and, you know, the C-suite or anyone else as much. I think one of the biggest impacts we've made in that time is on visibility, raising visibility of clinician burnout. We've also, not we as in staff, but our membership and our president, Dr. Victor Zhao and other co-chairs like Tom Naska and Daryl Kirch, they've added to the literature base. You know, we had a consensus study that also added so much to the knowledge base here on, um, you know, burnout, clinician well-being, moral injury, everything, you know, suicide risk, mental health, all of the issues that are part and parcel of clinician well-being and those factors that absolutely impact it. This consensus study made a huge impact and continues to do so today. And, you know, what we do at NAM, what we're expert at is convening. So we've been able to convene important stakeholders that they, we have not, but they have made changes to policy, changes to everyday workload, EHR, they're still trying. (laughs) You know, all of these things are changing and being impacted by just our convenings of these experts in the field. And I think now there's a greater understanding too that this is a systems issue. It's a public health issue, though it impacts individuals that, you know, it's it's bigger than that. And, you know, I think there's a greater understanding too of the factors involved in burnout. Like I mentioned before, EHR, documentation, increased patient demand, administrative tasks, all of these things. And then when you add COVID into the mix, we're adding more and more to that knowledge base, the parallel pandemic of COVID and and mental health and suicide risk. And, you know, our consensus study also focused quite a bit on chief wellness officers. So a lot of organizations now have a chief wellness officer that's meant to support the clinical workforce and their well-being. 
Although we're not directly responsible as an NAM, we've helped convene and bring together all these experts that have made huge impacts. Yeah, I do reflect on the times when we used to be able to meet in person, being in the room with with everyone and, and the collective care and concern, not to mention the impressive expertise of people around the room, but I'm just even reflecting on when Dr. Vivek Murthy joined in between when he was Surgeon General in 2016, and then he joined shortly thereafter, and then now is back and, and serving as a co-chair, just thinking about that level of engagement of national experts that are really putting muscle behind this work is, is quite impressive. Yeah, thanks for sharing that, Ingrid. It does go back to your original point that you are all very passionate, and I'm new to this working groups as well, but I could tell that the people in the room were really engaged and had so much great information to share. And I think that it's been really exciting and inspiring to see that it has become a priority for our healthcare leadership over the last couple of years. And I'm really looking forward to seeing that continue and the greater impact that you guys can continue to make. So can you just outline where the work of the Action Collaborative goes from here? Sure, absolutely. Well, you know, we've come a long way. As I stated before, we've made a lot of impacts through our convenings, through our prospective papers, through all of the work of the collaborative. This is our final phase. So phase three. It's always been from the start, the plan that this would be sustainable beyond our collaborative, that we would bring everyone together to try and you know, mitigate the effects of burnout on our clinicians. And now the newer, you know, sort of mandate to assist and find lessons learned from COVID and assist there so that in the future, if there ever were to be another pandemic or another crisis, that we'd be better prepared. So a lot of this work we're doing in this final phase is to make sure that there's action and sustainability before we, you know, close the doors on the collaborative itself. So a lot of our focus is there. We want to be visible again to make sure that we can work towards a national strategy that's sustainable. So this is more action-oriented. We are going to bring together the work of the three working groups that you mentioned, Anna, and work with our steering committee to develop a national strategy that will include findings from these groups, a communications and strategic plan, and identification of supports and collaborations that could be more enduring that would target the general public, our broader healthcare community, government, and other key stakeholders. So really trying to foster this year these strategic partnerships to ensure sustainability beyond the collaborative. We want to make sure that clinician well-being continues to be a focus for healthcare organizations, for academia, for professional associations, and and all of the other stakeholders I mentioned. It really has to continue beyond us. So we are working closely with the Office of the Surgeon General, with a lot of these key stakeholder groups. Our hope this year is not to raise visibility like it was at the beginning, but actually to really put a spotlight on where we've been, where this work should go, So really, you know, more to come. This year, we're very excited about because we're going to do a lot of more things that are much more visible to the public and to the greater healthcare community. So there'll be a lot of activity. This national strategy will be unveiled. And we're hoping to also, you know, discuss 
what is to come after our collaborative. So it's an exciting time and we're really happy for the work for the next 15 months between now and the end of 2022. You mentioned, Ingrid, that you're fairly new to the Action Collaborative as you've been thinking about it, and you've shared some of this already, but what do you think some of the biggest aha moments have been, the the biggest points of impact from the Action Collaborative? For me, actually, the aha moments have been connected to my previous work with the military, because my background is, you know, suicidologist with the military, so I did a lot of research and clinical work. And even, you know, big data surveillance work on suicide for the military for over a decade. And, you know, the parallels between the military as, you know, its own culture and healthcare providers as their own culture and the hero narrative and, you know, the ways in which there's stigma around seeking mental health care and, you know, the moral injury that comes with it and the burnout you know, there's so many parallels. For me, that was a big aha moment. So I was able to apply and share some of what I've learned with the military community to our frontline healthcare providers. And, you know, I think that there's so much knowledge there that can be shared. There's so much here that is helpful for both communities. I think that was my biggest aha moment personally. Now, on in terms of impact, I think that knowing that this is a time to really reach the greater like public with the work and to ensure that they're aware that, as you stated earlier, a clinician well-being equals you know better patient care. So it impacts them directly. We don't want to continue to focus in on the hero narrative, more so focus on what real actionable change can happen in the day-to-day lives of our clinicians so that, you know, we're not losing them, so we can retain them in the workforce, attract more providers, and really make sure that they are supported and that well-being is embedded as a value in healthcare, in all aspects of healthcare. And so, you know, these are the things that not keep us up at night, but these are the things that we want to make sure, you know, come across and come through as we all support, you know, clinician well-being for all. That's so significant. I hope listeners really stop and reflect on what you just shared, the connection between lessons learned with the cultures, like you said, with the military comparing to healthcare. I just want to say thanks for what you did to support and serve the military in your previous role. I can imagine that was a challenging role and then coming into this work too. It's a lot of work on your shoulders, but we really appreciate it. Yeah, I echo that. We are so fortunate to have you, Ingrid, as director of this collaborative with your experience and your expertise. So thank you so much. As we close, I just wanted to highlight what a great opportunity this is to support our nation's healthcare workers. This aligns with ASHP's mission to improve patient outcomes through optimal medication use. And our goal in our work with NAM is to identify mechanisms to improve and sustain the pharmacy workforce well-being and resilience, and also to deploy a pharmacy workforce that supports multidisciplinary solutions for improving that workforce. So I'm really excited to be a part of these working groups, and I'm confident that we'll deploy strategy to advocate well-being through and beyond COVID-19 with policymakers and the public, like you mentioned, as well as patients around action on this priority. As we work towards a national strategy, I just wanted to share with listeners 
that updates for our work with NAM can be found on our ASHP Wellbeing and You website. You can also visit our ASHP Connect site, read recently published AJHP articles on this topic, and of course our ASHP policy around well-being and resilience that was created in 2018. Ingrid, anything you would like to close us out with? Absolutely. I just really want to share that, you know, at the collaborative, we are so grateful for the role of pharmacists in this dialogue. As you stated before, we have a steering committee member representing pharmacy, and this is so important to us. We actually waited on our kickoff to make sure that we had representation from pharmacy and a couple of other professions to make sure that as many voices as possible are heard and pharmacy is so important. So, you know, having all clinicians have a seat at the table as much as is possible and represented have been vital to our efforts. And as I said, we are just absolutely grateful to have pharmacy representative and to continue the dialogue to make sure that the impacts that are felt throughout the pharmacy workforce become part of the solutions. Thank you for mentioning that. And then thanks for the support. You mentioned earlier too, the consensus study. We were really glad that there was a pharmacist on the consensus study to inform that work. And we do have a podcast interviewing that person from March of 2021, I guess, a few months ago. But it's always appreciate when other people are champions for us as well. And your point about looking at well-being and resilience as a value is so important to reflect on. And that is something that ASHP takes very strongly as seeing it as a value. It's why it's embedded in our strategic plan. It's why we try to pull threads of commitments of well-being and resilience across really all of our organization and resources that we develop in advance. Even to include, we're excited that Simone Biles is going to be joining the mid-year meeting this year because she has really elevated the conversation on mental health and well-being and resilience. And we'll be really excited to hear what she has to share on that with us as well. So that's all the time that we have for today. Thank you so much, Ingrid, for joining us to talk about next steps with the NAM Action Collaborative on Clinician Wellbeing. This is a reminder that you can join us here every month for these Wellbeing Wednesday podcasts. Thank you for listening to ASHP Official, the voice of pharmacists advancing healthcare. Be sure to visit ashp.org forward slash podcast to discover more great episodes, access show notes, and download the episode transcript. If you loved the episode and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe, rate, or leave a review. Join us next time on ASHP Official. <laughs>